and welcome to Level Up and Friends, where those of us from the comic book and video game store Level Up Entertainment get some friends together and uh, we discuss topics that we're, we're interested in. Um, this week, however, I have a very special guest, uh, my good friend, uh, Kaylin Smith. Uh, you might see, have seen some of her comics in the store. I know Hope specifically is sitting in my employee pick section right now. Nice. I like the very special guest. Oh, I like yeah. that. I don't usually get people that, uh, that make comic books on the show. We usually just get people that like to talk about them. All right. Yeah. I can do both. Yeah, which is always <laughs> fun. Because usually people that, uh, in my experience, usually people that make comic books uh, like to read them at least a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Not as often as I'd like. Yeah. But. Oh, yeah. Uh, me too. Like, uh, I catch up my, some of my books maybe like once a month, if that. Yeah, I've got a, a growing pile in my living room that's, it, it gives me guilt every time I see it because it's, it's mainly my peers, their books are, yeah. are in that pile. I'm like, I'll get to it, I swear. Mm -hmm. But yeah. But speaking of good books to add to your pile, uh, I think there's, as the date of this recording, I think there's still a week left on your current Kickstarter. Uh, for yeah, six days currently. Okay. Oh, yeah. So there's yep. still time to get on there. Um, and I think you guys unlocked all of the stretch rewards at this point. Yes. Yeah. So uh, we reached 25 yesterday, 25,000. So yeah, whatever. I, I added more stretch goals, but it's mm -hmm. wishful thinking. I don't know. Actually, I'm, I'm, it's hard to gauge because I didn't think we'd get this far on the campaign currently. So, um, but yeah, I put some ridiculously high stretch goals uh, round two on there just to see, you know. Yeah. Um, might as well try, right? But nothing, yeah, nothing I mean, gained. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, so let's talk about, uh, uh, about for goodness sake, a little bit. I think the only Kickstarter project of yours I didn't back was the Plume Omnibus. And that was mm -hmm. just because I'd already gotten all of the trades for it. Uh, at least yes. once. I think I got the first one twice. Um, <laughs> well, uh, thanks for that. But it's all good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, so goodness sake, uh, if you want to tell us a little bit about the story of the book and why people might be interested in for it. Yeah, yeah. So For Goodness Sake is about, uh, I actually have the first volume sitting right here. Nice. Um, it's almost like we knew we were going to talk about this stuff. It's almost like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, here's the first volume. So For Goodness Sake, so main character is Thatcher here. He is a cursed boy. So every time he does something bad, he goes demonic. Every time he does something good, he goes human. However, when he's human, he's all this weak and miserable and always hungry type of person. Um, I know so he runs into. That. Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's just being human. Um, and then he runs into a hippie in a renovated school bus named Rain. And uh, she, she convinces him that there's a way to cure his curse by doing good deeds. So they travel the U.S. and uh, try to help people out while curing his, his curse. So it's about, uh, so it's kind of like a, a little bit like the Muppet movie a little bit where they're driving around the <laughs> bus, doing good deeds, you know, solving what once went wrong uh, on their trip across yes, the country. Yes, I love that comparison. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I'm using that. Go for it. Uh, you it's kind of like the Muppets. Yeah. Well, I mean, like you know, the, Muppets, the main... But not with Muppets. <laughs> I mean, you know, the story's about how it's not easy being read, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy being read. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to use that. Uh, so what do we have to look forward to in volume two here? Because obviously the first volume, you know, they have to, you have to meet and, uh, you know, kind of establish your, your story there. But now volume two is where stuff can start really happening because your premise yeah. is established. 
Yeah. So volume two is where it gets real serious. So um, they find, they find out that there's a lot more to the curse than originally thought. Um, some darker secrets to it. And uh, so we learn more about Rain's past and we learn more about Thatcher's past. And uh, in doing so, you kind of learn that there's just a little more to his, his curse. It's a little more so, than meets the eye. Um, yes. It's a little more difficult to break than, mm -hmm. than Rain was hoping. Yeah. Um, you know, I imagine she probably doesn't have too much experience uh, breaking curses. No. Yeah. No. So no, I don't know what she, I guess it was kind of hopeful hopeful thinking on her part. Well, yeah, she's a very free-spirited, um, tries to be positive, uh, you know, optimistic person. So, yeah, yes. The most unrelatable archetype I've ever heard. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> we need a rain in 2020. That is what. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my need. God. More, now more than ever, this is the, the, the most important book of our times. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just giving you put all, that kinds in a quote. Of, all kinds of pull quotes for this one. <laughs> um but, you know let's let's you know i don't we don't want to dig too deep into the comic because people should should get it and experience it for themselves but we should also mm -hmm. mention that there is a there is a puppy in the the book as well yes uh, yes his so, name is co-pilot yeah mm -hmm. so just just to sweeten the pot a little bit there as it were um yes let's let's talk about some of your like artistic and and storytelling uh in like inspirations or influences um if you like um, like, so who, yeah. who are some of the artists you have influenced your style over the years? See, I went to school for animation. So I always point towards animated series that are more of my um, aesthetic, I guess. It's, you know, Avatar The Last Airbender for sure has played a role in, in my style. And of course, you know, growing up on Disney, there's got to be some Disney in there. Like I, that was my goal. That's why I went to school for animation is to become a Disney animator. So, um, so yeah, I couldn't stray away from that style too much. Uh, and it kind of stuck, but somebody once described my style as gritty Disney. And so I, I oh, embraced that. That's really good. Actually. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, I, I just watched Avatar the last airbender for the first time earlier this year when it went on <gasps> Netflix. Um, yeah, and what'd you think? It was amazing. Um, uh, I was afraid it wasn't going to live up to the hype. Uh, yeah. It met it. I don't know if it exceeded it because it was really hyped up for me, but yeah, uh, it was really good. Like it's a new standard. Like I just watched Korra and I think because I just watched Avatar right before it, I was like, well, it's good, but it's not Avatar. Yes. Um, and uh, style, like style wise, yes, that it influences me, but writing wise too. I absolutely mm -hmm. love the writing in that, that series. Um, I might have a hot take here though. Cora, I didn't like as much. I didn't even finish Cora. Um, a, maybe that's a, why I didn't like it as much. I think it's a good show. Um, there's, some it, holes. I there's some plot holes in there that I just I know it had a lot of behind the scenes issues. Um, yes. And that definitely kind of comes through in the show in like certain seasons. Mm -hmm. um, but going back to, to Avatar and talking about influencing your writing style, I don't know if I've mentioned it on the show or podcast yet or not, but I generally am drawn to stories, whether it be like comic books, movies, TV, whatever, that are very character driven. Um, so yes. I like having strong characters, lots of strong interactions. And that's a big part of what makes Avatar so good. Yeah, like the action and stuff in it is fun too, but the characters and their motivations and their different interactions, like 
Zuko alone is so interesting and he's just one character. Um, so yes. I, I like, that might be partially why I, I also like your books as well, because they are very character, they're character first uh, plot mm-hmm. second. Um, oh yeah. So I, yeah, I know it's I, kinda, it kind of goes back to like D&D, like players hate to see the, the plot hooks. So if you just mm-hmm. have people drive the narrative themselves, it, it's usually, in my, in, for me, that's much more compelling. No, I totally agree. I, yeah, I always stray for like the character driven stories um, that just, just the build up to Zuko joining the team avatar, like yeah. just that interaction. I live for those moments. I live for them. So but you, you have to have the build up, Otherwise it's not satisfying. Exactly. Because if, yeah. if you just face turned like immediately, it'd be like, oh, this is lame and contrived. Yeah. Exactly. But because you, you get to go on the journey with these characters, it makes when they either do something good or, or even bad, like you have an emotional response. And mm-hmm. sometimes you want your characters to break, like breaking, like a character breaking bad. Uh, even if it breaks the heart of the reader or the viewer's heart, you know, like it's still a compelling story, you know? Yes. Yeah, for sure. That point where they just, they can't return anymore and you know it as a viewer and a reader, like, yeah. Uh, yes. I those moments. Yeah, so I'm I'm glad to see that you know you're able to to work a lot of that into your your comics as well. Yeah. Um. So how you know we live in 2020? We're recording this in 2020, so we live in very uh, unusual times. Let's say. Uh, how have you been coping? Because I know you you do a lot of you know, you write and draw your own books. You self publish via you know Kickstarter, but like how how has this impacted your your professional and professional life here? Yeah, it certainly has impacted me um, mentally and, you know, business-wise. Because, you know, obviously conventions um, are a no-go for 2020. And uh, that was a a huge chunk of my income. So, you know, making an online store, uh, um, kaylinsmith.net, has really helped uh, fill in that gap but not to the degree that a convention could. Uh, so that's, that's been the difficult part of just adapting to that. However, uh, the silver lining is that I'm home and I can get cranking on, you know, for goodness sake, like for sure, I've released for goodness sake, volume two a lot quicker than I would have if I was traveling for conventions and stuff. Oh, and so just what? the fact, I'm sorry. Oh, so no, no, no. Continue. Yeah. Oh, uh, just the fact that, you know, um, us all being stuck inside at home has not only, you know, allowed me the time to, to work on these projects, but to, to some degree slow down, um, just like analyzing where I'm at mentally, um, being able just to sit in, in quiet, sit my coffee on my sun porch, you know, just slowing down um, has been actually quite nice. Um, but other than that, it's been crap. Yeah. <laughs> I miss I miss uh, my peers and I miss conventions. I miss talking to people at my table. Uh, yeah, I, miss... I remember um, when the the quarantine first started up. Uh, was it Emerald City Comic Con? Uh, you you decided to. I saw on your social media you did like your con, your normal con conventions. You did them online for people. Yes. Yeah. Um, thank God we had C twenty two in March, and then everything got shut down. Um, yeah, Emerald City was the first one to go. Um, yeah, I mean, the online ones are great. And mm-hmm. like, you know, 
I am so grateful for those who are putting these together and, and trying to help artists and creative people. Um, however, it's just, it's, it just doesn't, um, it doesn't match the numbers that it was. Oh yeah, you know, no, it's, and, it's definitely different. Because going to a convention is a whole different, it's an experience in and of itself. Oh yeah. You know, and, and when you go online, you're more focused on like the people you might know. So someone may mm-hmm. not be familiar with your work at a convention, walk by your booth, see that it's awesome and they might come up and talk to you. Whereas mm-hmm. online, you're just a name and a list. Um, for, for sure, yeah. Yeah, our, our big convention, we do free comic book day. We make that into a, a convention where our, at our store and we obviously had to cancel that. Uh, so we tried to transition it online. Um, fortunately, you know, you had a hope volume, number one rather, uh, was a free comic book last year and you guys were able to give us the PDF uh, so we were able to distribute that with for our free comic book day event we tried to turn online which you know super grateful for because um, you guys didn't have you and Dirk Manning didn't have to do that um, but I really appreciate you know uh, you know we, it, the only way we can get through tough times is by helping one another and anything oh, yeah. I can do to help promote um, not just great artists but like to let people know a little bit like we've known each other since what like 2004 2005 something like yeah. that it's like been when a while. High school, well, we're not high school. We're both in college, so yeah. Um, which is, you know, so and I just happened to see you online. I liked your art, and I just started talking to you, and then we've more or less sort of stayed in touch since. Mm-hmm. Um, which has been very fun to see you grow. And uh, I remember uh, when I first started seeing your books pop up in Diamond, I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I, I know her, so I was very excited to start promoting them in the store. Oh, thank you. Thanks You're so welcome. much. Yeah, I say we. I definitely would have invited you out to some of our events if the drive wasn't going to be so intense. Uh, so yeah, we, we I live mean, many, we live many states away from each other. <laughs> I mean, I I travel all over uh, the U.S. for for shows. So hey, let me know. Let me know say, when this all ends. <laughs> we we did hang out in Baltimore for a minute uh, a couple yeah. of years ago, uh, at, yeah. which was fun. Well, four was it? Four years? Three years ago? You know, when we time. We just recorded our, uh, our store just turned 13 years old this month. Um, wow. So last night we, I got a, our, a, a bunch of um, current and former employees together uh, for an episode of this podcast. It's going up tomorrow as of nice. this recording. Um, it's actually uploading right now, but it takes a thousand years because we went on for over two hours. But we were swapping oh. stories and we talked a little bit about some of our stuff from uh, uh, that Baltimore because we were there for the Diamond Retailer Summit, but uh, and you were there for that too, because you were working at Devil's Do at the time. Yep. Correct. And then we went to the Baltimore Comic Con, I think it's called. I think it just was called that. Mm-hmm. You were a guest there, but I was. Only, we were only able to be there for the morning, so I didn't get to hang out for the whole show. But I was at least able to come by your table and say hi and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Which was yeah, a lot I of really fun. liked that show. I I hope I hope that show. Uh, I can get to that show, twenty twenty one maybe. We'll yeah, I don't know if that's hopeful thinking at this point. I don't know what to expect. Yeah, same. I, yeah, so we're yeah. just we kind of just taking things one day at a time, and it's all we can do because all of a sudden, like you know, my brother just tested positive for COVID, mm. so I'm quarantining from the store now, um, just because we don't want to get anyone sick. Uh, I I couldn't live with myself if I got someone sick and something terrible happened from that. Um, yeah. So so you know that shows how quickly like things will change these days um but one thing that won't change is we have an online store where you can pick up uh many other comic books and we'll ship them right to your house you don't have to come to the store at all 
you can get all kinds of books by Kaylin Smith. Uh, I know my, uh, Hope Volume 1, Mother, is I, I currently have that in stock. I think I'm out of plume. Um, but I'll have to double check. We can talk after the podcast and get stocked back up. Heck yeah. Um, that I can but, provide. But yeah, so if you, and I know on one of the uh, tiers on, um, for goodness sake, Volume 2, you can also get uh, Volume 1 as well. So if you haven't caught up, now is a good time. Um, and I think they're only like, works out to be like 20 bucks each, which is normal trade price. Mm-hmm. Um, which is exciting. Plus now you can get all kinds of pins and cool stuff that you have extra. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately I, I didn't get the patches in time for the campaign, but there are Thatcher patches too that are coming. Uh, I'll probably put those on sale for, uh, for my online store, but did yeah. You, uh, did you do Thatcher patches? Cause they sort of rhyme. Yes. <laughs> it's just fun to say. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. I've never done those before. And it's, so it's, it's, been a unique process working with the company and um yeah i'm excited they're they're being shipped uh to me hopefully in the next two weeks so uh, yeah, yeah. And as we now know with shipping that's also up in the air right yeah it'll be yeah. you know two months <laughs> it'll get here when it gets here yeah. no i'm looking forward yeah. to checking those out i need to get uh, a new jean jacket put patches on them heck yeah i, ha- I haven't yeah. been able to get to well not even just because of 2020 but i just haven't been able to get to like metal shows and stuff in a long time metal shows no yeah it's, see to me that's where you wear a jean jacket with like cover <laughs> uh, yeah the last show i went to i think was tenacious d like years oh nice ago. yeah nice. it was a lot of fun it was when um, rise of the phoenix had just come out it was that tour oh nice. they came to philly and i was like well I'm going to go see them. So I did. Yeah. Jean jackets, right? You wore it. Yeah, you got to do that. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. Covered in patches and pins and stuff. Yeah. You got to clank. You got to be really heavy with your, your jacket. So. Well, it's also part of your armor. Cause like, you don't know where a mosh pit's going to break out. I've broken my fingers. <laughs> I've broken fingers and stuff at, at shows. Are you I, kidding? Pe- people don't know about looking at me, but I'm really into like pumpkin metal. Um, <laughs> But I'm old now, and I don't. My knees hurt, and I don't want to stand up that long. Like, I can't. I can't do it. So it's probably the saddest thing I've ever heard. I can't oh, yeah. mosh pit anymore. My knees are bad. Well, you know, whatever. <laughs> it, it happens. You used to play hockey, and then I, you're young. You're oh, yeah. invincible, and you just yeah. slam and smash into everything. And then you know the way it is now. You don't really get health insurance. Oh um, yeah, it's it's bad. It's yeah. Bad. Yeah, especially, yeah, I, uh, I know you're self-employed, so, right? Yeah. 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 Well, thank God for my husband being a full-timer. Um, he has some nice health insurance, but, oi, I can't I even. know. We can't all be so lucky. No, yeah, you gotta, you gotta find, you know, just marry someone that has a nice health care <laughs> plan. <laughs> That's why I got married. <laughs> well, yeah, so let's say, I, I know I mentioned it in our Pride Month special, but we're going to do a Q&A sexual episode soon. Uh, oh, no. Where I'm going to talk about because what I look for in a partner is just a friend with benefits that includes dental. Is my joke perfect? Um, be on a t-shirt. I should get one and just have like you know an ace of spades on it. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know. I also don't like dating. We don't have to get into all of that stuff. I'd rather just not talk to anybody <laughs> under any circumstances. I, was just, I know that's another silver lining with this. Home. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I kind of loved it when we were quarantining and working from home, like it was tough and we weren't making nearly as much money as we do when we're open. Um, but I was like, Oh, it's kind of refreshing. I make my own schedule. I don't have to talk to anybody. 
Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad that we're open back up and people can come in and, and shop because, you know, there's, there's precious little to do. And if any escape I can help give people, um, you know, even just coming in and complaining about Star Wars, like, <laughs> you know, that's yes. a big part of why you decided to do the podcast. It's just also for my own mental health where it's like, I, I want to talk to people and see them and like, you know, hope, hopefully people enjoy it as well. But, you know, I mm-hmm. selfishly just do this for myself. If not, anyone watches, it's just a bonus. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, it, anything I can do to help people, I, I inter- you know, because there's only so much we can do that still lets us be safe these days, you know? Yeah, no, I, I hear you. Um, and I feel like the more, <laughs> the more quarantined I am, the less I know how to talk to people, like going out for groceries and one of the workers suddenly like just talks to me. I started telling her my whole life story. I'm like, I probably should stop talking to strangers. <laughs> yeah, it is weird. It, it is a skill you kind of lose. Like if you're not, if, like you're it, not using it. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad. But, I, I miss the cons just being able to talk to people and yeah. sharpening those skills. <laughs> I'll say, I, I can only imagine like how much fun it is to meet people at cons. Um, so what are some of like the, the, your favorite, cause I know you go, you do the con circuit pretty hard. Yeah. Um, so like what's your favorite shows you've been to? Oh, okay. Well, definitely uh, C2E2, Emerald City, and Planet Comic Con. Those three are up there. And then, of course, New York New York Comic Con, too. So those are, like, the must-do uh, shows every year. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad I got my C2E2 this year, but, you know, yeah. obviously the other shows. Yeah, fortunately, but, um, January, February, it's early in the year, right? C2E2, C2E2 is usually March. March, all right, yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, it literally was the last show before we shut down. Um, mm-hmm. I think people were sick at the C2E2 show. Oh, I mean, honest. even in the best of times, you hear about con funk and just diseases. Oh, yeah. Because everyone's so close to each other for so long. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, those are the shows I absolutely love. Love, love, love. Not just for profit, but just the amount of people that come through. Um, Planet Comic Con seems to be the one where I have so many return people. Mm-hmm. Um, it just seems like a reunion there. Um, but the smaller shows too, I love like Cherry Capital Con. Um, that's that's a family reunion for all the artists and writers. Um, but yeah. Do you, uh, do you ever have anyone uh, come up to you cosplaying as one of your characters? Yes. <laughs> oh my God. That, <laughs> what kind of moment is that? Um, well, the first time that it happened, it, it just blew my mind. Like it, blew my mind I I was completely speechless and I'm just like you spent like it was handmade too mm-hmm. and like you spent time making this and I just and, and before they even showed up at my table so it was a, it was a cork and a, a vesper and before they even showed up at my table uh, I had a couple people saying oh I saw your characters walking around and I'm like you you what you saw my oh characters. you must have been mistaken right yeah yeah i'm like in my home you know there's another white-haired guy with a blue jacket and nah, it's not that um so yeah so i heard the rumor of them walking around before they even showed up at my table and it just i fangirled over my own own characters <laughs> it was ridiculous but it is a moment like and i had a couple people um uh, actually it was dom vesper Coric, and um Aunt Agatha, actually, uh, like they all showed up and uh, what was it? What show was it? Omaha. Um, okay. It's old Comic-Con. They showed up and I just like, 
I couldn't, I couldn't function. It was like, oh my God, this is so cool. It's so cool. So Dude, I can only imagine yeah. uh, how surreal and exciting that is to not it just is. know that like people are out there reading your book and enjoying it, but enjoying so much they want to be your characters. Yeah. Yeah. And they're spending money on like the cosplay. I like, that's just, Especially yeah, if you're going to cosplay at a con, like you committed to being that all day long. Yeah. Fortunately, uh, those characters aren't super elaborate. No, like I don't walk have around metal in, like, heavy battle anything. armor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, we should mention those are the characters from uh, your your Western series Plume, which I really yes. Yeah. Um, which yes, it's now which that's now over, right? Uh, no, the the book has been closed more or less on those characters. Are you willing to go back to them at some point? Um, at some point, I'm willing to go back. Okay. Uh, I actually been toying with the idea of, of a continuation, but um, obviously right now, for goodness sake, is taken up of course. my concentration. But I, yeah, there's always been that um, the back of my mind of the, you know, the continuation story, what could happen with them. So, mm-hmm. so obviously, you know, now you're, you're working on, uh, for goodness sake, and you've got uh, you've done now was a, a Western superhero, would you call for goodness sake, like slice of life slash supernatural? Yeah. Buddy comedy. Uh, yeah. That slice one's, of life. That one's a little, a little more difficult to pigeonhole into a, a genre. And just yeah. to be honest, like plume also has a lot of magic in it as well. Yes. Yes. Um, um, fantasy Western, I guess is. Yeah. That's I mean, probably more, yeah. more accurate uh, to say. Mm-hmm. It's just the aesthetic is more Western. So that's where my brain goes when I think about mm-hmm. it. Um, but is there any like a uh, genre or kind of story you would, you haven't told yet that you would like to tell or am I potentially spoiling something and letting it out of the bag before it's ready to be announced? Um, there's been a story that's been like, I've, I've tried to write it as a novel. Um, I have tried to, well, I'm not tried, but I've been toying with the idea of making it into a graphic novel. Um, so a sci-fi um, time traveling pirate uh, so they're in a pirate ship that, that time travels. So it would be a sci-fi um, story. So I've been toying with that idea, but it's, it's uh, time travel is such a twisted, like yeah. complex thing. Time travel. I have yet to nail it down quite yet. Here's a little piece of advice I've learned for you. Cause like a huge back to the future fan. So because of that, I've always been interested in time travel stories the mechanics of the time travel, I don't, I wouldn't sweat too much because no matter mm-hmm. what you do, they're never really going to make sense. Yeah. As long as you're going to be a plot hole. <laughs> as long as you have an interesting story or, or, or likable characters or a fun adventure around it, mm-hmm. I wouldn't sweat that too much. Cause like, even just going back to like back to the future, it kind of doesn't make sense when you start thinking about it, but because mm-hmm. you like the adventure that's going on so much, like you don't, your brain doesn't really focus on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I would, that's my advice for anyone who's interested in time travel stuff. Um, that said, uh, read Ivar Timewalker, the more recent version from Valiant from a few years ago. It okay. might be the only airtight time travel thing. Mm, okay. You don't really get it until like, it's three volumes long. About halfway through the second volume, it all starts clicking in your head. and like, oh, this is really good. And then you start, and it becomes, re- it's one of the better time travel stories I've ever read. Okay. Um, okay. Good to know. So, so I recommend that. Um, and I also would just recommend it to you as someone who enjoys comic books. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You'll, yeah, you'll, I mean. You read the other Valiant stuff, but uh, Fred Van Lent, who read, wrote that, also wrote Archer and Armstrong, which is a related book, which is also one of the top books I recommend from the last 20 years. Nice. Okay. 
Yeah, I'm going to actually write that down. Um, yeah, I think, I think, you know, hearing that has been helpful because, uh, uh, hold on, I can't write and talk at the same time. No, I understand. Uh, <laughs> I can barely talk and uh, continue talking at the same time. Um, yeah, so I think, I think hearing that makes me feel a little better because I, I, the reason why I've been sitting on the story for so long is trying to make it airtight and always like running into some kind of paradox. Um, oh, yeah. the, the worst time travel stories in my experience are the ones where they focus way too much on the mechanics of it. Cause then mm -hmm. everything that makes a compelling story kind of falls to the wayside. But like, you, you don't need my, take my word for it. Just look for Dr. Who. It doesn't make any sense, but how long <laughs> over 50 years, like it, it doesn't, it's a worldwide phenomenon, you know, yeah. Just wave it off with wibbly wobbly, timey wimey stuff. Um, and you're, you're good to go. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, Doctor Who has inspired that story for me. Um, yeah. yeah, main character is very much like the Tenth Doctor, but uh, everyone yeah, goes to the eventually I'll get to it. I'm more, of, I'm more of a Matt Smith guy than David Tennant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt Smith is definitely a uh, second, you know, favorite for me. But I'm a huge David Tennant fan. Like, yeah. just love anything he does. So. Speaking of David Tennant and Disney cartoons, have you been watching the new DuckTales? No, and I was just talking to someone about that. Like it's I, because so it has Danny Pudi, it has it has Community, yeah. it has Jim um, Rash. Oh, I, yeah, oh, it's got um, Ben Schwartz, John Ralphio. Yes, John Ralphio. Okay, yeah. yes. Oh, we it's it's actually like all the, my worlds. The last episode that got posted from this, we were gushing about that show for like two hours. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, because I wanted an excuse to talk about it, but like. I'm also a big fan of the old Carl Barks comics and stuff. And they pull so much from like Donald Duck and uncle Scrooge history, uh, but like they reinvent awesome. a lot of characters and like, I think very successfully. So our mm -hmm. premise in that episode is like, Hey, is this possibly the best reboot of something? Um, and I think we settled on it's like top tier. I don't know if we cited it's number one because mm -hmm. there has been good reboots of things. I know they have a, a reputation of just being crappy. Um, but if you don't, if done right, and you can tell by the people who make it like really care about the things that they're doing. Um, yeah. it, it comes through the book. Um, mm -hmm. But I find, or not the book, oh my God, the show, because we're talking about comics. <laughs> I, I, this is what I mean, I can't talk and continue to talk at the same time. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I, and I think in any piece of work, it doesn't even have to be an established property, but like I'm sure any of your, your, your projects you've worked on over the years, um, when you, you are, as a creator, are passionate about the story you're, you're, you're telling, um, it, it always comes through. And I know that we're generally our biggest critics. So even if you feel like, ah, oh, maybe I could have done this or that better, people will respond to it enough to dress up like your characters and come talk to you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so I guess that's our moral of this episode is, is be passionate about what you're doing. Yes, yes. Uh, when we do like Kickstarter campaigns, or um, panels to like talk to people on how to have a successful Kickstarter campaign. That's number one thing is to be passionate about your project because you can't fake that. You can't fake passion. So yeah, and yeah. People, people don't want to give money to someone that's not invested. Like, yeah, not just financially. Book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. um, so yeah. Speaking of your Kickstarters, how many have you had now? It seems like there's one every two months. Um. Uh, I think I'm on my 10th one. Okay. I think they've all I been think? successful too, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, knock on wood. I haven't had um, 
an unsuccessful one yet, but you know, there's always a yet. Yeah, but, now uh, I just jinxed you. It is 2020. Yeah, <laughs> tomorrow my camping just goes down. Yeah. <laughs> like everyone cancels. Um, but it's not but even yeah, like it's, you, you're just successful and you get the money you ask for. You, I, I know you always end up having to do like a thousand stretch goals. Yeah, I mean, it's always treated me well. Um, I think just because I'm a nutter in the in the videos, like. I mean that helps. I don't know. It does, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I'm extremely passionate about my stories and my characters. So, yeah, sure. I guess that's, you know, that's and, and uh, why. The nice know. thing about Kickstarter is is once you find someone you like, like I was, I mentioned uh, beforehand, I. I the only I donate to all your Kickstarters because uh, you know not just because you're my friend but I genuinely like the books, um, uh, because once people find like creators that they like and they they make stories that they like and they get to know each other you get to know the mm -hmm. creator a little bit, you generally mm -hmm. become pretty loyal and will stick around and even tell other people about it. I mean I've got yeah. you on a, a podcast right now because of that. Yeah, you know? yeah, I, I'll, I'll gush and gush about my readership. Like they are the most loyal and wonderful people you'll ever meet and just reading through before uh, plumecomic.com went down i had you know comments from years and years ago of just like people just commenting on each page and reading through those and like even when there's a disagreement they're like the most respectful and nice to each other um there's just there's not a toxic one in there um they're just a good group of people and i'm so grateful to them well, it makes you really happy to hear there's people that can disagree and still get along. Yeah, yeah. That, that seems to be a forgotten art. It is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And I know I can be bad at that too because I'm passionate about my beliefs as well. But uh, we don't. We won't. We won't get into politics. Yeah, it depends on the the, the beliefs. Yeah. <laughs> there's um, some things that I can't overlook. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, you know, it's nice to know that that people respond to you as a human and continue to be humans themselves. Yeah, yeah, they're they're just intelligent and helpful people. Like uh, recently, I've had some computer problems, which I'm like praying right now that my computer is not going to start flickering. It's doing it's doing okay for like the last two days, but um, I've been having computer problems, and uh, I just did an offhand tweet about it and people are reaching out and helping me try to get my computers, you know, my computer up and running again. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, they're extremely helpful and wonderful. And I just, yeah. So yeah. grateful. I, I saw that. I wish I was able to help you, but I barely understand how to turn on a computer. Yeah, well, yeah, I think that's yeah. my issue is why this computer is going. <laughs> <laughs> but so far so good. Uh, and who knows, it might turn out when I get this recording, it's all garbled and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless, yeah. it would have been fun to, to talk to you and see you. Um, I guess yeah. that's one of the nice things about, you know, forcing us to have been stuck at home is I was able to discover how to use webcams and Zooms and things. So I get to see my yeah. friends from all around the country. Uh, yeah. And we get to, to talk and hang out. And even if the best of times, I wouldn't have been able to do, you know, to hang out with some of my friends. Yeah, reconnecting with people. And, you know, with the zoom calls it's a one-on-one -on -one. like yeah we could talk at a convention but for how long and it's not one-on-one yeah. -on -one. there's distractions and stuff so yeah i think you know silver lining again that yeah uh, you get to reconnect I, I will say at conventions now i'm not a comic book creator um we've mm -hmm. been to we've been to a couple conventions just as vendors um but that's not something we do a lot of just because it, it's so much time and energy and because we're a small business we only have so much staff mm -hmm. um but I know I always feel really guilty talking to creators 
at their table because I always feel like I'm blocking potentially someone else from from interacting with them, and that might be like money out of their pocket. So I usually kind of say hi or whatever, get my books out, honestly, pick something up and move on. Um, from my point of view, like so, if uh, someone's at my table and they're talking to me, another person is always like it's it seems like a safe thing for them to come up and look at the table. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't think like talking to someone at my table. Uh, discourages anyone else from walking up so as long as you're talking to the creator but you're kind of off to the side you're not just blocking the whole table mm-hmm. then totally yeah totally do it you know yeah, and, I, I always feel i always feel bad like i'm wasting people's times or something oh no yeah i mean if i'm like busy drawing i will talk while i'm drawing mm-hmm. um but i think yeah i mean obviously you don't want to stand there for 15 20 minutes but yeah, I mean, yeah. conversations at tables actually, yeah, I think help business because, you know, people see someone else at a table and they want to say, hey, what's, what's over here? I mean, so. they see like, oh, this person's not like a crazy jerk and you can talk. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm not I'm, throwing I'm not anything gonna, at you. <laughs> not going to name names, but I've had that experience at conventions. Um, really? Although in my experience, almost every single comic book writer and artist are really excited to talk to you about not just their projects, but just comics in general. And that's the only time I ever really get starstruck is meeting like George Perez or someone like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've met like a ton of celebrities now and I'm not going to name drop people, but like I generally, I generally don't get starstruck, but except for comic book people. Like I met Kevin Eastman at Baltimore and I like, you know, at, at the, cause IDW brought him to the retailer thing and I know he's going to be there and I'm a huge Ninja Turtles guy. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I waited in line and I was like, Hey, I mean this in the best way possible, but you kind of ruined my life. Because it set me on this path that I've been on, I've been on since since I was a kid, uh, where I got. And he's like, you're welcome. Stuff. Yeah, no, it was it was a great experience, but <laughs> that's great. Um, and gen- by general, generally meeting comic book creators, they're they're usually really excited to talk to you about comic books, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or yeah. whatever that the case may be. As we've had, we we put on a few conventions, and I've gotten to know quite a few um, local esque comic creators because. We get people from like New York and, and Philly and, and all, you know, surrounding states, not just New Jersey. And they're usually, when you get a chance to talk to them, they're usually really excited to talk to you about. Because uh, you get in, you get into, you don't make comics just passively. You make them because you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you may not love every project you do if you start, you know, if you do like work for hire stuff. But you're, you, you generally have a passion for the industry to get involved in it. You're definitely not doing it for the money, right? Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, I hope you're not. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't uh, yeah. throw your profession under the bus, but uh, <laughs> I do know, I, I do know a, a lot of artists and I know that, you know, the struggling artist thing is uh, not a myth. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you start finding, you know, the best thing about doing this stuff now, though, is it's really easy for you kind of build your audience and, and can, you can keep in touch with them and they can keep following you to different projects. Mm-hmm. Um, it was before, like when I was a kid, I didn't even know anyone that wrote or drew comics because I didn't pay attention to any of the names in it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's, like it's really easy to put a face to the, to the comic book now. And I think mm-hmm. that's really exciting for good and bad. You know, if you do something people don't like, it's really easy for them to go on Twitter and let you know. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, I mean, um, separation of the artists and the art um, nowadays is, is, is so difficult. Um, you know, you, you definitely want to, I, for me personally, um, I like 
obviously I like David Tennant. If I, if I like a show, but the, the actor is complete, I don't know, if, uh, uh, jerk. jerk I, yeah. I don't know if I could swear. <laughs> I would try to discourage um, it, but. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm glad I, I stopped myself. Yeah. But if, you know, if I learn that they're a complete jerk in real life, then it destroys it for me. Sometimes um, it does. I think it depends on the project. With actors, it's harder for me to separate it because you see them there. Like yes. I can never rewatch the Cosby show ever again. Yes. Um, yeah. But certain, like I can, I still enjoy the Harry Potter books despite all the things JK Rowling says, you know? Yeah. That was going to be my example of separating. It, it does kind of like going back and rereading it does kind of color your text, the text a little bit, doesn't it? Well, I think, I think someone put it perfectly is that JK Rowling created this world of Harry Potter and it went off and became something different. It's much bigger than JK Rowling now. Yeah. It's, a world it's obvious it's literally a world in disney world or um yeah, it's a universal Epcot. universal yes, yes. so uh, like, my friend harry would freak out if you got that wrong so i know i, I know i let that stand i heard i heard the the distant gasp <laughs> um but yes uh, it's a much bigger than she is so yeah, yeah that that separation um can be made well, I think, I think once you kind of put something out there, it's not necessarily yours anymore. Right. It's up to interpretation. It's, yeah. you know, the readers or the viewers. Because um, it's like one of the things that drives me wild about Star Wars is uh, you put those movies out there and then George Lucas keeps saying, no, they're wrong and won't let us have the versions we had. It's yeah. like at a certain point, like, yeah, legally it belongs to the author, but like, once it gets out into the pop, like the main culture, it's mm-hmm. like where ownership kind of shifts hands a little bit. Or yeah. it's also now all of our movie or book or comic or whatever it may be. Yeah, it's, it's like having children. You know, you have yeah. a child, you set, you set it out into the world, and then it grows up to be whoever it wants to be. Like, yeah. that's creating a project. So, yeah. Wow. That was real deep. <laughs> yeah. Because I know people usually refer to their scripts and stuff as their baby. Uh, yeah. Guess, taking it to that next logical <laughs> conclusion. That'll be the only kids I have. And, yeah. you know, fur babies, but. Oh, no, that's fine. My dog's sleeping in the other room, so. Uh, I have a cat here who is very vocal, and she just came into the room, so hopefully yeah. she doesn't. Uh... I did clock him walking around on the webcam. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I love cats, too. <laughs> all of the early episodes of the podcast are only recorded at the times my dog never barks until she knows i'm doing the podcast and then she goes crazy yeah. oh yeah same with my guy you know he yeah. will be he is not a barker um but he will he will bark and bark and bark as soon as i'm on the phone or on a podcast yeah oh. it's like they know they know oh they know yeah yeah but at least they're cute yeah i guess so then they want to be <sighs> I guess they're like you know, kids, I was, kids in that regard as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was always a dog person. Always mm-hmm. a dog person. And then my husband insisted on getting cats. And mm-hmm. now I'm like, I love cats. Yeah. I don't know who I am anymore. <laughs> Are you turning into one of those those cat people? I think I'm an animal person. I think just purely just animal. But yeah, it's like I want to take pictures of the cats constantly. And uh, I'm fighting, you know, my Instagram is going to be a cat Instagram here soon because every day I want to post a new picture, but I'm like, no, no, do art. <laughs> well, po- so if you want to post a picture of a cat, you got to draw something to go along with it. So exactly. That way you keep on track. Uh, 
oh, that might be a good way to like make sure you make, make your deadlines and stuff. It's like, oh, I got to finish these pages. I lost my motivation today. I was like, but I want to post these pictures of this cat. <laughs> All right, let me get this done. Yep. It's my <laughs> reward. <laughs> but uh, do you have any advice for people that might be interested in, uh, you know, creating their own comics, whether it be the, or not even just comics, but like putting some of their creative uh, projects out there. Do you have any tips that might help out? Uh, a really lame one. And it's basically just do it. Um, mm -hmm. Because we live in a digital age now that it's so easy um, and accessible for everybody that you just go online and you can go on Kickstarter, you can go on Tapastic, you can go on Webtoons, you can find a new project, easy peasy. Um, so if, yeah, if you want to start a comic, you know, just start posting online, start getting a following. And it's a slow build, but the quicker you start, the quicker it builds. So mm -hmm. um, I know I'm guilty of this too, of having an idea in your head and you're, you're developing it. And um, there's this fear of starting the project because it can't possibly match what it is in your brain. And uh, you just got to get over that hurdle and just start working on it. And uh, it will never be perfect, yes, but it, it'll be done. Like I alluded earlier, uh, every creative endeavor I've ever known anyone to take under, no matter how good it actually is, it's never as good as you think it's going to be. And I don't mean that to be discouraging. I just mean it to be like, hey, you don't know what people are going to like until you put it out there. Exactly. Yeah. And if this becomes something that you are, if it's something you're passionate about, like I said, it'll, it'll come through the book or the project, um, regardless of if, it, you know, it was like, oh, I couldn't get the art exactly the way I wanted or I didn't have time to do certain things. Like if, if it's, if the passion is there, it will come through and people will find and respond to it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just accept the fact that it's not everyone's cup of tea. You know, some people like coffee. So. And I know, don't like either. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how do you live? I love both. Just love barely both. is how I live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's such a lame, lame piece of advice, but yeah, just, just do it. Yeah. I mean, if that's, I mean, if, if it's real and what helps, then it's not lame. It has a value. Mm -hmm. It's not as flashy as being like, oh, you got to get Adobe Premiere and this special kind of tablet. And yeah, <laughs> that was the secret. That's the missing ingredient. <laughs> or it's not like, yes. oh, drink this special, you know, drink a, you know, grape kombucha and that will give you powers. <laughs> you know, Michael's special sauce or whatever that was called in Space Jam. Oh, yeah. This needs... <laughs> You just you just need confidence. Michael's sweat, wasn't it? His sweat? Uh, no, it was like, wasn't it just water? And they put it in a. Well, yeah, <laughs> I guess yeah. Watch that movie. Oh, I I literally bought it on DVD, like I think last year, and it's still in its plastic on my. But I saw it in like a dollar bin. I was like, oh, it's mine. Why not? That that GeoCities website is still up. Really? Jam, yeah. Wow. You can go to it right no. now. Yeah really weird um i just checked out the blair witch website do you remember that one the first original came blair witch? yes and it, they were like playing it up as a documentary yeah they were trying to make you think it. it was real yeah yeah it's still up there too yeah is it I just check that out yeah well, i mean that's a part of the movie's experience that's not you can't really judge that movie as a movie yeah like it's just a part of like it's just that movie's weird i have a weird relationship with the blair witch project uh i this might be controversial but I think it's my favorite horror film. 
I think it's a thriller. I think it's a great idea and I think it's as executed as well as you can. I just don't find it very compelling. I find the story uh, behind it way more interesting than the actual movie. That's, that's, that's precisely it for me. Um, I think the marketing campaign around it and the, the path that it paved for other movies of its type to come out, I think is just. Yeah. As a failed filmmaker myself, I love the idea of how they shot it, but they didn't Mm -hmm. really tell the actors what to do. And then the the director would just mess with them as they're actually camping. Um, Yeah. I love that. I I think that stuff's really neat. Um, But I find the characters unlikable and like, I'm just not super interested in what's happening. Oh yeah. We don't need two minutes of fighting over a map. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, like the, the part of me that like enjoys like stories and characters and stuff isn't really compelled mm-hmm. in it, but I love the, the behind the scenes stuff of it more. Yeah. I'm a behind the scenes whore for all that. Like, I just love it. Like I need mm-hmm. to know more and more about everything. Yeah. Well, that's a big part of why I think, well, all right. I was also the perfect age when Jurassic Park came out. But I was also old enough to know how movies were made and being mm-hmm. really excited about like the giant animatronic T-Rex and stuff, but still young yeah. enough to be like blown away by everything. Because like now we go to see Avengers and it's like 5 million visual effects every two seconds. Mm-hmm. Like, it just kind of washes over you. Um, but like, there's like, I actually recently watched that movie specifically because it was on Netflix and like dinosaurs don't show up until an hour into it, but you don't think about it because the characters and stuff are so likable. Exactly. To, they show you a little bit in the beginning, and it's enough to get you through. Like, because mm-hmm. the T Rex doesn't show up till over an hour into a two-hour movie. That introduction, though, to that T Rex, like, oof, it's so One good. The, the best. Pro- I'm gonna go plant my flag on this. I think it's the best monster movie scene in any in cinematic history. Oh yeah, for uh, sure. That that car scene where they're you know in, with the glass and the T Rex is coming well, down on. Because again, Ooh. I know because we know the behind the scenes. It wasn't supposed to break through the glass exactly that's why it comes down in like a weird sheet but like the and kids are scared terror. because that <laughs> giant t-rex coming at them and, and then it would start shaking when it gets too much water wet. yeah oh my god what was it? every every 10 minutes they had to dry it off yeah they dry it off with like towels and yeah, stuff behind the scenes of them just slapping slapping it with the towels oh it's crazy <laughs> it's like it's like a diva on the set like because they have to give it so much time oh and- my god but yeah, that so just it jerking is so terrifying. Yeah. Like I love that movie. Because this thing movie. is huge and scary and like powerful, and it shows that it's like the movie itself. Like they don't really have control over it, and it could do a yeah. lot of damage. Yeah, um, there's two things uh, that happen in that scene that you don't care about. One, there's a light stand that you see uh, in the background, and two, when. Um, the car is pushed over the ledge. Suddenly there's a cliff and yeah. there wasn't a cliff before. I, I, I've read people figuring out how to make that happen, but I'm like, I kind of don't care. Yeah. Well, Spielberg uh, was like, you believe what I want you to believe. Well, Spielberg's, like, he one came forward, guys, he's like, Spielberg's one of those guys who doesn't really care about like continuity gaffes. Yeah. Like in that movie alone, when the Raptor is born, uh, when attaching this, the, the, the mechanical arm grabs it. So an overhead shot, it's like coming out, just coming out with the head and it's got the mechanical mm-hmm. arm. Then it cuts to the reverse side of John Hammond and the arm's just not there and a raptor's <laughs> out. But people don't <laughs> yeah. even notice because it's like, oh my God, that's a dinosaur being born. Yeah, And then exactly. it comes back and the arm's there again. Yeah. And then it cuts away and then it takes the, the shell away from it. But like, yep. I, I watched that movie like 40 times in theaters. Like I knew where all the real cuts are and I didn't mm-hmm. notice that until like I was an adult. Yeah, yeah, I love I love stuff like that, like the the cinema, what, cinema sins? 
on um, YouTube or something like that? I'm not that. a big what fan of Cinema Sims in general, but like it's fun fun noticing like gaps and stuff like that. Speaking oh, of yeah. parking. Um but yeah, oh god. But that's a good example of like when you have good characters and, and you're passionate about what you're doing, you can make mistakes and it won't matter to people. None exactly. of that ruins that movie. Mm-hmm. It just makes it discussions on it like 30 years later all the more interesting. I watched that movie last year. I think I'm going to have to watch it again. I'm like in the mood for it now. <laughs> it's so good. I saw they put them on Netflix and I ended up uh, just watching all three of them, the Jurassic oh, yeah. Park movies. I might, I might have to do that today. It's I'm funny. Gone. We were talking about Jurassic Park at the store before the, the, the uh, quarantine happened. Because mm-hmm. I, have, I have a controversial opinion where I kind of want a reboot of it as like a HBO like uh, miniseries or something. Because the books are so different and they're like a oh, horror yeah. book. There's a new way to, there's different ways you could tell that story. Plus mm-hmm. like as a paleontological nerd, like I want updated feathery dinosaurs. <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, in just talking about that, I was off the next day and I read both novels. Um, yeah. So I, I, I tore, I tore through them. I'm like, ah, oh, it's just one of my favorite things ever. Yeah. About maybe my husband episode. Maybe I'll ask you to come back for that. Heck yeah. 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 My husband's reading through the novels again. And, uh, so they're out on my table. I'm like, I'm going to start reading it, but I don't want to mess his bookmark up. Yeah. But, I would say they are yeah. pretty light reads. I've read them multiple times. My big problem with the, the first book, I actually like the second one more. Which mm-hmm. is, I know that was like the slap job one, but I just, I liked it more. Um, I think a big part of that reason is in the first book, Ian Malcolm is very clearly um, Michael Crichton's like stand in. So he just has endless monologues about like the yeah. following man. So like I kind of skipped them on rereads because I'm like, oh my God, I get it. Like all of his yeah. best lines are in the movie and it works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they definitely condensed him down. Yeah. Um, the the whole chapter of like all the mathematical scientific uh there is like a when lot they're trying to f- yeah mathematical jargon in it that i don't yeah know, so i just kind of like yeah i, I kind of like i just kind, right. of, I kind <laughs> of accept and i'm like all right <laughs> yeah because i know the whole conceit in each chapter is like the refractal like showing how it going out of control i'm like i don't really understand how that works but yeah i just kind of skipped to the end like okay so i'm like oh now the t-rex is swimming at them oh my god you know (laughs) yeah Yeah. to the gore (laughs) yeah oh yeah Yeah. shit now i want to watch Jurassic park again uh well so my husband also not to mention him again but he has a nerd room uh, so he's got all his uh, collectible uh, oh, figurines. Yeah. I don't know what that's like. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but he's now collecting all the Jurassic Park um, toys. Yeah, so. so they know they've been doing like a new line. Yeah. I, think they're supposed to, I don't think the new movie was supposed to be out this year, but I know it was supposed to film this year. The new mm-hmm. Jurassic World movie. I didn't really like Fallen Kingdom, but, you know, yeah. it is what it is. I'm sure I'll talk. I mean, we'll, sa- we'll save that for. We got to do another episode just on Jurassic Park. Yes, I'm. I'm game. <laughs> so when are you doing a dinosaur story uh, for comic books? I, I know. Um, well, I guess you, you're doing a time travel one, and we can just fold it right into that. Oh, that is a really good idea. Maybe they can yeah. get some kind of a uh, dromaeosaurid to join their crew. <laughs> like it's got a peg leg, and it's still got a sickle claw on it. Oh my god, <laughs> that'd be amazing. Um, I have a, a friend, Sherrod Jackson. He's an artist and he does Darby. Uh, I don't know mm-hmm. if you've ever heard of um, So he does a dinosaur comic that's actually like really, really gory, but really funny. 
mm-hmm. um, very, it's not something you'd expect with a, like a dinosaur story. So I highly recommend Darby from Shard Jackson. So, I'll keep a lookout. I feel like I couldn't do justice. That sounds um, familiar. I probably know it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm also just really bad with names. So I, I'll probably recognize it the second I see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. Um, so we've had a couple of fun dinosaur books, mostly for kids. Like we've had the scientific ones, um, you know, which tells you the actual scientific things for dinosaurs. But then we had one where it's like, um, like my neighbor is a T-Rex or something. And this girl like her girl <laughs> discovers her neighbor is a T-Rex in New York City. And she's scared of it. And like, it turns out it's just, he's just like a normal dude, but like everyone else in the city treats him like a normal human. I think it's an allegory for like race relations or something, but uh, yeah, it was, it's cute. It was very cute illustrations. I really enjoyed it. What is it? My, my boyfriend's a bear or something like oh, that? Oh yeah. Like, my boyfriend's a bear. Uh, Becca at the yeah. store is a big fan of that. So we have yeah. <laughs> That's what it reminds me of. <laughs> Every time I see that, I can only think about the joke from the Muppet show where Fozzie's talking about uh, being a bear looking for love on the internet. He gets the kind of results he doesn't want, like that, that are wrong. You know, not wrong in general, just wrong for him. Yes. Um, which is the See, best that, joke from that series. That, that series makes me so sad because it was so good. It got and, so good and they just canceled it. Yeah, it yeah. was so, it had so much, it's like, what, 30 Rock? Um, oh, I love 30 Rock. Yeah, Muppets? they're putting on a, well, they're putting on like a late night show rather than just a variety show. Yeah. Which I think is a, the best way to do like a modern Muppet show because it's kind of vaudevillian like at a variety, which we don't mm-hmm. do anymore. But doing a late night talk show, you still get to have a house band. You can still do skits. You still get your celebrity guests. So it's kind of like the best way to, to do it in a modern setting. Yeah. I watched yeah. the first half of the new Muppets Now thing on Disney Plus and wasn't impressed. Oh, I, I haven't watched that yet. But I only watched the first half and then I think I had to go do something and I just haven't felt like going back. Oh, sad. But, yeah, yeah. Thanks, but what can you do? Yeah, yeah. Well, now that we've talked about uh, comic books, Jurassic Park, and the Muppets ad nauseum, um, <laughs> we came back to the Muppets. You, you, yeah. you uh, compared it, it to the Muppets. It yeah. always comes back to the Muppets. <laughs> I want to begin talking about Star Wars. The first time I ever saw Star Wars was in Muppet Babies because they'd use clips for stuff. Oh yeah. So it's oh, already yeah. like been like a transformative thing. You know, once it's out there. Yeah, you know, I I don't think George Lucas wrote that episode. <laughs> or, or, you know, although I wouldn't be, I uh, no, I would be surprised because I remember it being good. No, yeah. <laughs> I'm not making any any. Uh, I'm not breaking any new ground saying the prequels weren't all that well written. No, 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 no. <laughs> One of the episodes we're talking about doing in the future is uh, specifically to compare to the three trilogies. So I would be the mm-hmm. OT guy. Uh, the he just graduated high school last year, but one of our employees at the store loves the prequels because he grew up on them. And I have another mm-hmm. friend that really likes the Disney era. So I think the oh. three of us together and kind of talk about like what makes each one work and doesn't for us. Yeah. Full out debate with like visuals and everything. Because like, I don't think the prequels are very good, but I think they're more entertaining than the new movies. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think they tell a story very well, but at least they tell a story. Uh, than just like two directors fighting over these characters yeah yeah uh, yeah, it's, yeah that would be interesting conversation to see who wins <laughs> well it's my show so i'm gonna win so it's nice to um, but yeah so be on the lookout for that i guess i'm teasing people i do have the next two months planned just because nice. for halloween i wanted to have a bunch of horror things lined up um, Heck yeah and there has been a couple other uh uh, topics I wanted to, to talk about. 
Uh, so I was like, oh, we can do them in September. And because of the holidays, I wanted to plan times off. Uh, uh -huh. I, I like Christmas and, and Thanksgiving. I'm not going to feel like editing an uh, episode, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. But is there anything else you'd like to, to discuss about, uh, you know, just not your, not just your projects, but anything in, in general, you know, people might want to know. Well, we covered Muppets and Jurassic Parks. I yeah, think that just wraps need? me up as a person. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, they're related. Oh they're, my God! Yeah, what's Jurassic up? Park with Muppets. I was about to say they're kind of related. Where they're they're like you know puppets. There's animatronics. But yeah. You know, yeah. Jim Henson and Stan Winston like their companies have had done similar things. You know, Jim Henson did the Ninja Turtles movies, which no, someone needs stuff like that. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I know someone needs to take Jurassic Park, just the the movie, and then replace it with like a really like stupid looking Muppet. Like every time a dinosaur is on the it's screen, like a sock puppet. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know people. Have you seen the one where they did like the, what's that terrible mu musical instrument? Where they replace when they see the Brachiosaurus and the Jurassic Park theme swells, oh. but it's like this terrible oh, like, yes. harmonica or something. Yeah. Uh, that one's. Um, isn't it the, the the little flute you play with your nose? I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> I want to say it's it's not called a harmonica, but something similar. Oh, melodica. There it is. Oh man, I yeah. I think John Patisse is the only person that can make that thing sound any good. It's like, it's like a, a keyboard you play with your mouth. Yeah. It's really yeah. weird. It sounds um, really weird. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think that'll wrap us up for this episode. Thank you so much yeah. for joining me. I uh, really yeah. hanging out with you. Uh, Heck yeah. It's a lot of fun. Or so um, obviously we'll have you back for the Jurassic Park episode. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> But yeah, if you're you're down, you welcome whenever you want. Um, if you ever have a new project coming up, let me know. We'll plug it and then talk about probably some other things we like instead okay. of that. Because um, you know we can talk about Avatar: The Last Airbender. We barely got into that. Yeah, yeah. I, I know I you used to. I know you're one when when I first met you. Your uh, one of your big influences was Kim Possible on your art. Yes. We can talk about yes. that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. But uh, I really enjoyed this. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully it's been, our passion has generated forth for people that are listening at home uh, yeah. to make a good show. And uh, yeah, we'll, ha we'll definitely have you again. Um, if uh, you want to go let people know where to find you one more time on the internet. Yeah. Uh, KaylinSmith.net and then uh, Kaylin tweets on Twitter, Handmade Crown on Instagram and Kaylin Smith art on Facebook. Okay. And, uh, you know, we're levelupentertainment.com. Uh, um, that's also got our web store and everything. Um, you, we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that jazz is just Level Up Entertainment. Uh, we were able to get our branding down on lock. Um, <laughs> the Smith name is, is hard. <laughs> I can imagine. I've got several customers that have the same name and it's very confusing because their last name is Smith. Yeah, yeah, person. we're everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Smithing was a big profession back in the day. Yes. Uh, and my last name is fine so you know it says what uh, we used to be about um yeah but <laughs> yeah again yeah again that'll uh wrap us up for this one so until next time stay safe out there <laughs>